On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk about the Rockets' Mike D'Antoni going from a seven-man rotation to a nine-man rotation, talk about players being a bit hesitant to jump into the bubble in Orlando, and whatever else comes up. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream, the MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row, that's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man, I need you to acknowledge. He don't do this for the optics, man, he do this for the Rockets. Opponents want the smoke, they in his pockets. Don't you get him started, he a monster, he a lockness. Ah. And James Harden, that's the beer gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. The legends in the flesh to the show, you are a witness. Seek and you shall find all the answers to your questions. Tune in, he gon' tell the truth, you like confessions. Gather round, come and hear the word, just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly ecosystem. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me, as always, is our man on the ground, uh, Swag Champ. I'm going to try to remember your nicknames, Kelly. We haven't done come them on, in a come while. On, come on, um, come on. Uh, what was it? Turtleneck Shawty, which I don't okay. ever really want to say again. Um, man, is there another one? I'm forgetting. Ecosystem. We got, you got a okay. lot. I've, I'm, I've, I'm going to tap out at three. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of many words. What can I say? Sometimes too many. Uh, <laughs> our man Kelly Eco, beat writer for The Athletic, because uh, you are listening to The Athletic Podcast Network. Man, Kelly, how you doing? Man, good. I, I feel like it's going to be you know even better talking to you twice a week now as opposed to the you know the once a week. I so. have often found that I do enhance <laughs> everybody's mood by just them just talking to me. I make everybody feel better. I, <laughs> I'm sure Rocket fans can agree. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they love you by now. I mean, it might have been a bit bumpy in the first in the beginning, but it's, I'm just honest, folks. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just honest, and Kelly knows that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's classic. Uh, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, sometimes you try to play the good cop too much to get a little bit of love, and I, I, I get annoyed with that. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> you had a chance to talk with uh, Coach D'Antoni over the, the this past week, you know, and, and, and something really, like, eye-popping came out to me in that conversation right. was him willing to go from a seven-man rotation to a nine-man rotation. Now, let me be honest about one thing, Kelly. Tell he does it, I don't believe it. But right. but talk about him talking to you about it and, and, and your thoughts first before I go in. Um, I think in the past when he's said stuff about rotation, people have kind of rolled their eyes a bit because it is lip service, like you said. Um, but I think this time might be different just given that they've had so much time to look at everything on film and – see the, the the positives of expanding the rotation. We've seen them in the playoffs kind of flame out because they might not have played enough bodies against the Warriors. And, you know, who knows how it will look, really. But I think one of the biggest positives is that he's acknowledging the fact that, you know, he might be doing it wrong playing seven men. Yeah, I mean, this goes back – I mean, Rocket fans, this goes back to his Phoenix Suns days. You know, and, and right with small ball, yeah, seven seconds or less, yeah, yeah, just kind of tiring guys out. Like this was something that's been a normal thing, and we saw it actually affecting these guys this year up until the break. I mean, you know, uh, this has been a bit of a 
uh, obviously a blessing in this case. I don't even want to say that. That's a wrong way to say it. But this, they were dead tired at this point. You know, when when the season suspended, like they were running on fumes. And I think really, if you're playing small ball, it's already going to be a taxing enough system. You know, having to play with guys that are stronger and bigger than you, but. If you're shorthanded, you know, only playing seven, sometimes eight guys, you're putting yourself at a, at a disadvantage. So I think, you know, op- opening that up might give you, you know, a better chance of combating the size disadvantage that you have inherently. Yeah, and, and, and it's just it beats up on guys. But let's take a look a little bit at, like, how did D'Antoni come to this? Like, I mean, it sounds like Daryl really had a, a, a big play in this. Yeah, so – you know, obviously, Daryl and Mike and those coaches, they Zoom almost every day. And one thing about these these conversations is that you get a chance to look at film extensively. Um, the small ball that they switched to recently, it was only like a 15-game a fifteen game, uh, stretch. Yeah, sample. And during the middle of the season, you don't have enough time to, you know, sit down and Examine every aspect of small ball and what you can do better and what you can, you know. There isn't enough time because teams are trying to make the playoffs. Teams are, are pushing into third gear. Now, without games, you, you can sit back at home and look at every angle of it and see, you know, everything that's going on. And one thing Daryl did was show the data that suggests that, you know, playing nine guys, possibly ten, um, is kind of the best way to win a championship because you keep guys fresh. Um, and with the depth that Rockets have, or lack thereof if you're on that side, uh, they have enough people to still maintain the system of play while you know staggering Harden and Russ and, and bringing Eric in and then Dan House and all those guys. So it's, it's, it's possible. Now, are they going to do it? It's, another, it's a whole other battle. Well, let me ask you this. What does like a nine-man rotation? Ten's too much. I don't think he'll get to ten. <laughs> I don't think he'll break double digits. But what's, what is a nine-man rotation going to look like on this squad? Like, you know, we already okay, know so there's, you know, their starting Russ, lineup. James, yeah. Covers and Tuck, House. Well, see, that's, that's another thing. that The House-Gordon thing has been one that's also been discussed uh, between the team. Um, and it's been like that for a while, ever since House's uh, first his stint. In 2018, it's always been the topic of who fits the team better as a starter. Um, naturally, you would lean towards Gordon coming off the bench, bringing that spark. But lately, um, he hasn't really been used as as a six man uh, scoring option how, how he should be. He's 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 more or less now a, you know a spot up shooter. So if you're gonna go nine men, I would say you have Harden, Russ. Tucker, Covington, House, Gordon, then Macklemore, then I don't know. I mean, do you bring in Jeff Green and then Austin? I think Rivers is going to get Austin Rivers. Yeah, he'll get some burn, and then it's really one more spot. I mean, I think I think it's going to be Jeff Green. I think that's I think that's your ninth guy. I don't I don't think they're going big. They're not going to start playing. No, uh, they're not going to go big. But, Tyson Chandler or, or, or sign or anything like that. So I, I, no. they're still going to stay with the small ball lineup in this sense. And I think that's kind of the the thing. And it, it, it'll be good to kind of give them a reprieve. I think bringing Gordon off the bench is, is a little bit better and, and do that to, you know, give 
Westbrook or, or James a, a, a chance to rest for a moment, I think is probably a smart, smart way to play it, I think. And, and him coming off the bench to me being a little bit more of another ball handler that can help uh, alleviate pressure off one of the other guys is, is big. Cause I mean, if you just turn him into a spot up shooter, I mean, he can do that, but that's not, you're not taking full advantage of his game. Right. And that's been one of the main talking points, you know, during this past two months, three months is that you don't really have to play Gordon with the three guard lineup. I know coach D'Antoni loves his three guard lineups, but the truth of the matter is Gordon doesn't need to be out there with Harden and Russ. If he's just going to, you know, run to the corner, he can play with one of them, maybe more Russ than Harden because of the way the skill sets complement each other. But the, he doesn't need to be on the floor for, you know, 15, 20 minutes with just those two guys because you won't get the best out of him, and that's not the the most efficient way to, to go about playing. Yeah, no, for sure. And then another thing, did you get it? Did you talk with Coach D'Antoni a little bit about him himself, you know, being a 69-year-old man going into the yeah. the bubble? So, so what did he have to say about that? Um, he mainly talked about the, the idea of, you know, the CDC and the masks, uh, how obviously everyone should be wearing their masks, but really the point of the mask is how he puts me is, isn't to protect you from everyone else It's to protect you from potentially spreading it to someone. You know, if you're asymptomatic or if you have the disease of the virus, um, those masks are so you can not spread it to a bunch of other people. So I don't think he's worried about um, coaching per se. I think he still loves the game and wants to coach. Obviously, you have to be cognizant of everything going on. And he's become really aware of just how quickly the virus can spread. He's become an, like a quote-unquote expert on like sanitation and, and disinfecting stuff like that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, he still wants to coach in Orlando. You just have to be very careful. Yeah, and and you know, I think it was I think Adam Silver's kind of shot the gun a little too early with his his comment and and, and <laughs> things like that. I think yeah. he kind of walked it back a bit. But it is interesting. It it does kind of create a little bit of a dilemma for these guys, but I just don't think there's going to be any coach who's not going to want to be there. Uh, obviously there are risks, but hopefully, you know, knock on wood, um hopefully Mike can uh Insert a knock on wood sound. I didn't. I didn't want to do it and ruin the audio. Uh, but hopefully everybody can 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 stay safe inside this bubble and 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 we'll be all right and and keep guys going. But you know, one thing that's kind of popped off, I think, really within the last couple of days, is there's been a rumbling of players who aren't all that excited to go into the bubble. Have you heard anything? From the Rockets, any of the players, anybody? You don't have to name names or anything like that. I'd prefer it if you did, but you probably won't. Uh, <laughs> but have you heard any rumblings from guys or anybody who's who's kind of nervous? Well, if you go back to the part with Thabo, Thabo said it himself. Like that was one of the main reasons why he didn't want to go to the actual protest because the fear of coronavirus. And he said there are players that are aren't so eager to just jump right back into things because this is a dangerous virus going on. It's not really sure how to contain it the best way. And I think the NBA, and I've said this before, I think the league is kind of jumping the gun on this return. People are so anxious to get back to playing. But, yeah, there are players that are scared. Um, I've heard a couple of Rockets that were scared of going up to the arena, you know, just for just because of everything that's going on and, and not knowing how to 
It's, 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 it's weird out here. Like, you can't just be acting like this is a normal time we're in. So I, I completely understand players that don't want to play or players that have reservations. I, I am 100% by them. If they don't want to play, dude, it's fine. Like there's, And I have no no animosity. I ain't taking shots at anybody. If they if they want to play, if they don't want to play, it's their choice. They yeah, take and don't take their money. Decision. I, I saw that. I saw. I saw that that uh, the players that aren't going to play aren't going to be punished, but they're not going to be paid. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I'm not. I know it's a whole not, it's a whole I, tricky I, thing with the contracts and CBA and and stuff you're expected to do, but I just think that this is a is a time that should supersede all of that, you know contract and all that stuff but that's just me the, I don't know. the one thing i would say that seems pretty unfair about that for the players is the ones whose teams aren't going into the bubble are going to be getting paid so you know if a player decides for health reasons or or just flat out yo i'm not comfortable with this like this seems more dangerous you know, I think I I can I can understand that, and and I'm I'm with you on that. I don't know the legal ramifications or anything like that. We all know I'm not right. smart enough to be a lawyer, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're I'm with you in, in in that regard there. And I think players too are also kind of getting an understand are beginning to understand what a bubble actually means, you know, and 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 yeah. what that means in terms of how. There's not a lot of in and out. The there's freedom, not. I mean, there is. Yeah, a there's no. You know, of, no. You know, it's and that's very seven weeks. On what you can do and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're you're coming in there, like you know, I think it was like July seventh or July eighth or something like that, and you're right, there minimum, right. minimum. <laughs> if you're a team that's not going to make the playoffs, seven weeks. We know the Rockets are going to oh make the God. playoffs, so minimum they're there for nine weeks. You know, and that's that's without family you know like that's a, a a very weird situation and then you have guys who have health conditions um you know i don't know how many people are aware of it but james harden has asthma you know it's it's it's, it's got to be a concern i don't think he's not gonna not play but i i, I it's a concern it's got to be on top of your mind yeah like there are so many Dynamite dropping, factors. by the way, there, Kelly. Hold on. Dynamite dropping right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But what were you yeah, saying so, as I rudely interrupted you because you chose not to save me at all? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Now you're on the roll. You're on the roll right there. But yeah, there's so many underlying factors that go into you know, returning league play and you can't fault someone for thinking of themselves and their families and their livelihood as a reason why they're not just going to say, hey, you know, NBA is back. Let's just jump right in the bubble. It's not that simple. You know, if, if James Harden has asthma. I, he, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. But if he wasn't going to play, you couldn't turn around and say, you know, he, he's wrong for not doing so. Like, yeah, it's no, hard. That's not you, – you can't turn around on any of these dudes and say they're selfish or anything like that. If it's a concern – or you know, there's there's family members that they got to be worried about and things like that. I'm all for everybody's got to make the decision on their own, and I, I and, right. and I'm with you on on the money side of it too. It we got to take that out and let these guys kind of come together in that side and, and 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 sort of make a thoughtful decision and, and and allow them to you know they they're no they know they're going in. There's risks. Nothing's risk free. So. Um, they got to understand that when they go in. And I think we're beginning to see that kind of dawn on players of like, oh man, I'm going to be 
in Disney World for two months. <laughs> That's it. What's your uh, your your thought on the uh, replacement players? Uh, like the policies of uh, if someone doesn't want to go, they can bring up a replacement player outside the NBA, like uh, Nate Robinson or something like that. Yeah, I wonder if there are teams kind of discouraging guys. Hey, you, you don't really want to go. <laughs> yeah, stay home. Stay home. You're, Jamal you're, Crawford's like, yeah, yeah. You're right, do you really right. want to play? <laughs> and then they're calling Jamal going like, get ready. <laughs> um, you know, it's a weird scenario. Um, I think, you know, it's it definitely puts teams in a tough spot. I think it's, it's like you said, it's a special case, so um, – I think I'm indifferent, but I could see, I could just kind of see some sort of uh, right. questions in that sense of just like, hmm, I wonder, you know, if, if they're going to look at, you know, they're going to go like, hey, Tyson Chandler, we, we're playing small anyways. Why don't you stay home? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so there's, there's that kind right. of uh, ethical stuff there, uh, you know, so I don't have too much of a feel for it. I, I It could be interesting though. Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to pick up somebody that. But I also wonder how how much it's like a buyout guy, right? Like how much will that guy have a full effect on a team, um, yeah. having not played all season and then just all of a sudden they show up? Like mm, I have questions how effective they'll be. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what do you got coming up? Right? Anything else? Uh, you dropping anything this weekend? That's gonna be uh, yeah, everything right, you write uh, right now. Reading. Oh well, I'm about I'll, to drop something right now. Just just a column on the. Uh, whether I could stand out during the return, the things they've been doing, and the conversations they've been having as it pertains to uh, contending. Well, folks, like I say, always read Kelly's stuff. Uh, definitely check that out. If you're not a subscriber, I highly recommend you subscribe to The Athletic because we got a ton of great writers across the board on top of Kelly's work. So I think you, uh, you're missing out if you're not doing it. So for Kelly Eco, for our producer Mike Zimmerman, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out. Yeah.